It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest very shortly. I promise this will be a fun and informative hour as always. It'll be terrific. I do want to take just a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. Earlier this week, I was interviewed on a friend's live radio show out of Boston. And he asked me a really interesting question during the interview. He asked me to give three tips to entrepreneurs to help them be more successful. And right off the cuff, this is what I said. Number one, you need to surround yourself with people who are moving in the same direction that you want to go. If your goal is to run a successful business, then listen to podcasts about that. Read books. Go to seminars where you're likely to meet these types of people. Number two, have a very strong reason why. When things get tough, you can't quit at the first sign of trouble. If you do not have a strong, compelling reason to continue, then you will quit sooner than later. That's not how winning is done. And finally, don't ever give up. If you have the right people around you and you have your strong why, you are far less likely to do that. The most successful people I know kept going in the face of very difficult circumstances. If you do these three things, your chances of reaching your goals will be a whole lot higher. Keep going. You will be so glad you did. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my very special guest. His name is Philip Stutz. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Philip Stutz is the author of the book, Fire Them Now. It's he's one, it's uh, is one of the masterminds behind the curtain of political marketing. With more than 20 years of political and marketing experience, he's worked with multiple multiple Fortune 200 companies and has over two decades of experience working on campaigns with billions of dollars in political ad spend and has contributed to over a thousand electric, election victories, including hundreds of U.S. House campaigns, dozens of U.S. Senate campaigns and even three presidential victories. He founded Go Big Media in 2015, and he's won more than 30 prestigious awards for their work with U.S. senators, governors, and presidential candidates. He's also been featured in Inc. He's made more than 200 national TV appearances, including Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN. He's also been lauded as a marketing genius by Fox Business, and ESPN has labeled him the political guru. Very good stuff. We will talk about this and so much more on the show, and here we are with my very special guest, Philip Stutz. Philip, how are you today? I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you're so welcome. This is going to be really a lot of fun. You've had such a fascinating history. I would love to explore some of that because your your path from A to to Z where you are now has not been traditional and it's had its fair share of adversity. We'd love to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> where do you want to begin? Do you want to begin in the professional, the health, the personal? Like, I, I'll go all in, but uh, go wherever you'd like. Very broad. Now, you know, I've been working in political marketing for over 20 years now. And a couple years ago, I had a friend of mine that came up to me and said, Hey, I'm wondering if the kind of marketing you do for politicians would translate into the business world. Mm. And so over 20 years of political marketing with presidential campaigns, U.S. Senate campaigns, congressional races, governor races, all those, I thought, oh, that's an interesting concept. This uh, this businessman is a large 
real estate developer in Hawaii, Brian. And so he said, um, hey, look, uh, you know, we just spent $50,000 on marketing for this uh, real estate development, and we got one lead out of it. Oh. And and I'm really frustrated. And so I'm wondering if you could come in and, and use your political strategies and principles and, and see if we can do it any better. And he's like, look, I've already spent a ton of money. You got $7,500. Show me what you got. And after three weeks, we had produced 782 leads for him. Wow. And and so I went, oh, my gosh, there's something here, right? Because we had never really stepped out into the corporate space. I then decided I was going to do my research. So I decided to, to literally interview over 100 CEOs over the last few years and figure out what worked in the corporate marketing space and what didn't. And every time they came back and told me the exact same frustrations they had in the marketing space, that they would hire marketing agencies, that the whole marketing landscape had changed, that they were, you know, the old ROI they got from running TV ads or radio ads or mail or whatever it was just wasn't working anymore, that some digital marketing firm had come in and said, you've got to go up on Facebook. Oh, where's your SEO strategy? By the way, these are all tactics, not strategies. Right. And and so, and then they go, okay, and they threw a bunch of money at it, and guess what? They didn't see anything, but the marketing firm made all the money, and they walked away, you know, wiping their hands clean, and the business was left holding the bag. And I went, this would never happen in politics, ever. Mm-hmm. And the principles that we apply, now I'm not talking about policies. I'm not talking about the politics. I'm talking about the marketing. I'm not talking about Obama or Trump or tweets or anything like that. I'm talking about how we market in political campaigns. And when we started applying them to businesses outside of the one that I tested with my friend, we started having explosive results. I'll give you an interesting statistic. Yeah. Uh, Tony Robbins, who I've done a lot of studying under, always says, you know, it takes like 16 contacts for a marketing effort or an advertising campaign to you know, reach a consumer and for that consumer to convert on average. That's usually the average this day, these days with the sort of how widespread the platforms are on, the average, on, on advertising. And in politics, there was a Yale study done a couple of years ago that said if you engage an undecided voter seven times with a persuasive message that they will – on average, that's their conversion rate. And I went, hold on. Hold on. It's much harder, much, much harder to convince an undecided voter to vote for an for an unknown or an unsavory candidate than it is to get someone to buy a tube of toothpaste. Mm-hmm. And I said, what what is going on here? And so we decided, uh, you know, that, that that this marketplace was ripe to come in and, and disrupt it, because the, ultimately what these business owners are facing, Brian, is an incredibly disruptive marketplace. We've never been in a more disruptive economy in the world, and the part that I focus on marketing has been disrupted through the digital mechanisms, but it is continuing to be disrupted. The platforms that people advertise on 15 years ago don't work as well now. The the platforms that worked three years ago might not – may be fading, and other platforms are rising. How do you know that as businesses? And in politics, we are in a – we are forced because of election day to innovate every single day for our candidates and thus we always are on top of what works and what doesn't yeah and i would imagine that when our next presidential election cycle happens just you know not very long from now the marketing strategies that worked last time might have to be modified next time because technology changes 
Well, not only that, but because of the Russian hacks and everything, there are so many more barriers into the marketplace, and those barriers will filter into the corporate marketing space very soon. Yeah, absolutely. That is such an interesting intersection between political marketing and business marketing. And I, I want everyone listening to not miss this point. If you find yourself struggling in your industry, it is totally okay to borrow strategies from another industry and apply them to yours and see how they work. I have a mentor, James Malinchak, who talks about this a lot. When he was marketing his uh, speaking business, he would borrow strategies from other industries that worked and voila, they worked for him too. The principles are the same. Sure. And, but I think the principles that we focus on more than any are lacking in the mark in the corporate marketing space. I'll give you an example. We yes. just got, I just got off the phone uh, with a company in, in Canada that uh, literally is their growth has stalled and they couldn't figure out what was going on. And I said, well, what's, what, what's your strategy, right? Because in politics, we always think about our strategy and we implement the strategy with tactics. And the guy came back and said, well, we got, you know, our Facebook ads are really not doing much and we've got SEO. And, and I just went, you know, like I said earlier, that's all tactical, right? The strategy for us in politics, and this totally translates to businesses, is that we market to emotion, and then we choose the tactics to do that too. In politics, we have to – our candidates have to build relationships with the voters. It has to be a personal relationship. Every marketer out there in the business world is telling you to get on various platforms, right? I'm telling you that marketing – and I own marketing agencies, two of them. That is not the tip of the spear. The tip of the spear is to build relationships with your customers, to build it on an emotional level, and then use your marketing to reinforce that relationship. And we get that in politics because our candidates are knocking door to door. They're walking in parades. They're making phone calls. They're meeting with voters and diners. They're doing – they're building relationships all the time. And then our marketing finds out who those people are, and then we reinforce the message to really make sure that they vote on election day. When we applied that simple strategy, Brian, it's it, we have had unbelievable results for businesses. And what we what what happens in the subtitle of my book, the book is Fire Them Now, but the subtitle is The Seven Lies Digital Marketers Sell, is I lay out the the lies that these that these marketing agencies are selling to businesses that screw them over. My point is businesses should be winning. They have to win. And that's the way we talk in politics is winning. Then the marketing agency only becomes successful if the if the business they're representing wins first, and that works in politics every time. Because if the candidate loses, I'm out of business, or loses yeah. too many times. But if the candidate wins more than it than I lose, then I can use that as my you know my entire business is based on reputation. Mm-hmm. It's based on referral, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's what we base everything on. So if my reputation is not good then I don't run businesses. And this is what I'm trying to get businesses to understand when they're talking to customers and consumers and clients. Absolutely. We've got maybe a minute left to our first break. And it's so interesting because in in the political arena, you have to figure it out fast because your cycle is so short compared to a business, which you hope lasts forever. Everything is about speed for us. And I always tell businesses, look, if you're a tire kicker business, we we won't work with you, right? Because I only want to get results to grow those businesses. And so that's really the key is I only know one speed and that's really fast. 
That's fantastic. We are coming up against our first break. My very special guest is Philip Stutz. His book is called Fire Them Now. We will talk about that book after the break. We will discuss more about the relationship between political marketing and business marketing because this is such a fascinating topic. We'll, we'll uh, talk a little bit about uh, a health scare that, that Philip has had and, and how that has affected his business. And we'll also talk about the idea of negative campaigning and a lot more because a lot of people hate the negativity in the campaigns, but we will find out why it is so very necessary. And if it's done right, it works brilliantly. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Do not go away. We will be right back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Philip Stutz. And if you've not seen my book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It's available in Barnes & Noble. It's also available on the Barnes & Noble website. It's at Books A Million. It's at every fine retailer, book retailer everywhere. And it's also on Amazon, both the Kindle version and the paperback version. Please get it. Please leave a review. That would mean everything to me. So, Philip, let's talk about some of the seven lies that marketers sell us in order to sell their stuff. Let's give us one. 
Yeah, I, this is. Uh, I'll, I'll just come out the 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 door right now, blowing pe- blowing up out of the water. Which is it it it, it it'll, it's kind of counterintuitive what you think. You think there are strategies or tactics, and I definitely talk about that in the Seven Lies. Mm-hmm. But the one that blows me up every time that gets me fired up, I'll share with your with your uh, audience, and it is that you must sign a long-term contract in order to work with our marketing agency. Um, This is the lie that drives me insane. In politics, in over 20 years of political marketing, I have never, never, not one time, had a contract that that lasted more than a month. And what I mean by that is that's called an unbreakable contract. I may have worked for candidates for two years, but they could fire me at any any moment. And Mm -hmm. and all I have is a month-to-month contract. And so when I sat down and I met with all these CEOs, the first thing they said, every single one of them, Brian, was, oh, you know what? I, I'm so frustrated with my marketing agency. They made me sign a six-month, a 12-month, an 18-month, sometimes a two-year unbreakable contract to work with them. Mm. And once – you know, and things didn't work out, and then I had to pay them. And I went, what? Why would you do that? And they said, well, that's what they required. And I went, no. And so my point in the book is to lay out the lies that marketers are out there trying to sell right now mm-hmm. and help businesses win the game. Help businesses get back control so that they can spend their money on marketing, and it only spends it to win for them and grow their business. Yeah. Again, what business what what business owners should be demanding is that any marketing agency they work for go month to month. And, yeah. and you know, let, let, let me ask. Let me say, I'll give you a great uh, metaphor, which is if you open when you open a checking account, right? Most banks require a minimum balance, transfer fees, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Because they need to win at making money and holding your money. Mm-hmm. So, like a marketing agency, they need an unbreakable, you know, contract, and they want to spend your money. So, my advice is like, you know, whether it's going to your bank and saying waive the fees, right? And I'll bank here, but it's the same thing, right? And if if a bank says no, they won't waive the fees, then my God, go to another bank that will will serve you better. And it's the same way with the marketing agencies out there. Yeah. If there's marketing agencies that go, you must sign a uh, an eighteen month contract. Well, if they don't succeed. The business is left holding the bag, and that's mm-hmm. not right. We're, no. we're, we put our blood, sweat, and tears into our businesses. I put mine into my marketing agencies. But my, my business doesn't succeed because I get guaranteed money. My business succeeds because my clients and my business clients and my political clients have success first. And that's the whole point of what I'm trying to help businesses with. Yeah, that and that is just horrible too because there's no accountability. If the marketing agency doesn't do a good job, you're still stuck in their agreement and they're like, "Oh well, you're paying us to do this and well you need to generate some results too." And that's that's too bad. Let's talk about some of the common themes that you find in successful political campaigns and successful business marketing campaigns. One of those is the idea of negative campaigning. Now, we see political commercials on TV and we go, oh, God, not another one of these negative political ads. But they work. Tell us why. Yeah, I mean, they do work. They work because you're you're going into the psychological part of people's brains, right? And you, you know, whether it's scaring them or whatever, it works, right? And what I teach business owners to do is that their marketing, if they want to have the most, and I talk about this in the book in, in very long detail, but if you want to have explosive results in your business, consider studying the negative ad principles of politics and apply them in your business. Now, let me be very clear. I am not talking about business owners 
taking a club and clubbing their competitors over the head like we do in politics. Now, that mm-hmm. may be fun for me on the political side. That's suicide on the business side. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the right. principle. It is a comparative ad strategy. And if you are an underdog in the marketplace, right, you're not the number one. Uh, you, you have comp, you know, your competitors. You have a competitor that's above you. If you are no, if you are an underdog in the marketplace, using a comparative ad strategy can give you explosive results in your business because you're punching up and you're not punching down. And if you do it, you must do it in a way that offends no one mm-hmm. except your competition. Yeah. And if you do it right, then you are basically branding your competition negatively in the eyes of the consumer, but they don't brand you negative. And so I'll give some great examples. Uh, the, the one that's the most obvious from 30 years ago was the Pepsi versus Coke taste, the, the Pepsi yep. challenge. And it was, the most, it was the most famous one ever done. And my point in all of this is, and I can keep, I'm, I literally can give you four quick examples, but my sure. point is that eventually your competition will respond. And in politics, the response happens four to eight on average, about 48 four to eight days after the negative ad takes place, right? We know how to do this. We know that the negative ad is coming against my candidate. We sometimes already have the response in the can and already filmed, and that ad's going to be up and running within hours or days of that negative ad being hit against my candidate. Or if I'm running a negative ad against a candidate in politics, usually we know we'll have a response within four to eight days or four to 12 days. In business, Think about this. In business, the average is 6 to 12 months for your competition to respond. If you have 6 to 12 months of no one responding to your comparative ad strategy, you will have explosive results. And when they do respond, they usually are so discombobulated because they don't know what happened and they're confused by it all and they go through this whole strange process of processing it in their brain that this is actually hurting them and then they see the – The ROI is going down and they go and their response is usually so off the beaten path. It's so bad Mm -hmm. that it hurts them even more. What was Brian? I'll test you. All right. Mm -hmm. What was Coke's response to the Pepsi challenge when Pepsi started dominating the younger marketplace in the 1980s? They tried changing their formula and they failed heinously. It was awful. It almost brought down a hundred year old company that was, you know, a fortune, you know, 10 company. Mm -hmm. Their response was new Coke. It Mm -hmm. almost brought them down. It was Um, awful. (laughs) The best one, the best one that's ever been created was Steve Jobs when he did Mac versus PC about 11 or 12 years ago. This was tied in and it really was going after uh, the PC market, but really Microsoft. And Microsoft literally like like froze for like a year. And then they finally responded and their their response was so meek that no one even ever even noticed it. But the comparative ad strategy of the of the Mac versus PC, if you remembered, it was this very cool it was a white screen TV ad, mm-hmm. very cool hipster young Mac guy, old glasses guy, you know, square glasses. Uh, PC guy. He, the PC guy fell all over himself. He was a bumbling idiot. By the way, everyone laughed. 
and no one was offended by that Apple went after them, right? But mm-hmm. what happened was that ad strategy, on top of the fact that they launched the iPhone at the same time, mm-hmm. has dominated Apple into the younger market space to this day, 11 years later. They're, st- they're the largest company that has ever existed, and it all started from a comparative ad strategy. The ones that are happening today are a lot of fun. McDonald or Wendy's is crushing McDonald's right now. Oh, absolutely. And it is amazing to watch this because they're Wendy's, I think, had something like 750,000 Twitter followers like two years ago. Now they're over two and a half million and they're eviscerating every fast food chain out there. And it's oh. all funny and no one's offended. Yeah. And, and go ahead. Did you see Wendy's Twitter account when IHOP started, you know, promoting burgers? I was so, talking about this yesterday. Yeah, go ahead. Tell yeah, you so, someone asked Wendy's on Twitter, are you afraid of someone coming in your backyard and trying to steal your market? And, and Wendy's Twitter account said, we're not afraid of anyone who can't get pancakes, right? It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. I don't understand this. Business owners today are so scared because their marketing agencies say, don't rock the boat. Mm-hmm. But what that means, let me translate what don't rock the boat means. It means... Mm-hmm. We get we continue to get paid. You continue to give us money. We continue to put out bland content that maybe moves the needle a little bit, but doesn't give you explosive growth. And then we check the box and say we spent all this time doing all this work for you. And the owner goes, well, they are working hard. What are you going to do? It's mm-hmm. not effective. I'm trying to help businesses figure out effective ways to do this. The other mm-hmm. business right now that – well, I'll give you an example of the, the Wendy's McDonald's. Uh, w- recently, McDonald's – that may have been like uh, in, earlier this year, but McDonald's put out a tweet that said – I'm not kidding. It said, insert copy here. The, the marketing person from McDonald's was an idiot and just you know like screwed <laughs> that up, right? Wendy's responds, right, and says, hey, when, hey, McDonald's, your tweets are broken like your ice cream machine. And yes. now they're eviscerating McDonald's and Burger King because they have frozen patties and Wendy's yep. never fr- has frozen patties. I mean, all of this stuff, and it's just hilarious. Yeah. Uh, another great company that's doing it right now is T-Mobile. And their CEO, John Legere, is spending massive amount of money to, sh- to constantly tweak Verizon and AT&T constantly tweaking them about how poor their innovation is, about how poor their their uh, products are, about how bad their customer service is. And everyone is like, come over to, to T-Mobile. We'll, we'll treat you great. Well, everybody has a negative experience with their cell phone carrier. And, and, and a CEO saying, we'll take care of you, that is what people buy into. That's building a personal relationship. That's saying, hey, we're going to look after you. That's all yeah. customers want right now. Yeah, yeah. We've got about a minute and a half or so until our next break. The other thing I wanted to talk about in terms of uh, successful messaging, you take a look at our last presidential election. Irrespective of which candidate you you liked, one candidate had a very, very clear, consistent message all the way through the campaign, and the other couldn't find a clear, consistent message ever. That made a huge difference, didn't it? Well, that's that's undisputable. Whether you like Hillary or like Donald, I mean, that is, I mean, that that has been written by liberals and conservatives. That has been written by business people. That you know, you don't have to be offended by that. Which everybody, of course, is offended these days, and I get that. But that is, you know, make America great versus what? What was Hillary's message? I don't know. And by the way, it doesn't mean that you know. I mean, sometimes people have great messages and they don't resonate. But Hillary just didn't have a message. No, I mean, even Bill said you need to have a clear, coherent, consistent message, and she just never did. 
We are coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Philip Stutz. We will talk about his book, Fire Them Now, and some of the themes in it. And we will talk about so much more. I have way more questions than I'm going to get to, which means (laughs) that we may just have to do this again sometime, and I'm open to that. So we will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Do not go away. We will be right back. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Philip Stutz. His book is called Fire Them Now. And if you have not checked out my book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, available everywhere, including Barnes Noble and Amazon. Please get it. That would be fantastic. So let's talk about companies taking a stand. Now, a lot of companies will promote social causes such as saving animals and building schools in third world countries or Habitat for Humanity. I used to work for a call center that had nonprofits as clients, and so we would solicit donations for them. But now we're seeing companies taking a stand politically. Is that hurting them? I mean, what is that messaging like and how is that affecting the marketplace? Man, well, man, it's a really good topic. Businesses, not a lot of them, but the ones that are doing it are standing out right now. And the story Mm -hmm. is yet to be told on how negative or positive it affects them. You know, Michael Jordan had this famous quote back in the 90s during a contentious U.S. Senate race in North Carolina that Republicans buy shoes too, right? And so – you know, my always advice for business owners, whether they are right leaning or left leaning, is why don't you do something that connects all of us together, not breaks people apart, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if you're for or against someone and you want to make a huge stand, let's let's look at Nike right now. That story is yet to be told. It may help them in the end. It may not. But why take an unnecessary risk 
in that regard, if you're a smaller business, I just don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it's a notion. I, I would want to connect with my consumers on something that wasn't politics. Mm-hmm. I would want to connect with them on a personal level, which is what we go back to what we were talking about earlier. Right. So what I mean by that is like, and I get this from politics, right? If, if a voter meets a politician or a candidate, they're usually pretty enamored because they have a certain amount of status and they're listening to them and they're very present with that voter, if you think about it, when they meet them in such a way that it convinces the voter to vote for that candidate. And what I'm trying to say is, as a business owner, if it's good, if something good happens, something bad happens, if you're doing something good in the community, tell the story, but not in a way that says, you know, uh, we're honored to help, uh, you know, this charity today. No, 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 no. Focus on a story from that charity. Focus Mm. on something that the charity is doing right and that, you know, you, look, people are going to know if you're promoting a charity that you're helping them out. Stop telling everybody how great you are about working with a charity. I'll give you an example of some, uh, someone that did this right. I, I don't know if you're a baseball fan, Brian. I am yes. a Washington Nationals fan. A I'm a Diamondbacks fan. fan. Yeah. Great. Um, and so this, though, promotes the Yankees. So for three years for, – for, sorry, for the last, like, 20 or so years, the New York Yankees, any – time a police officer died in the line of duty in new york the yankees would send a bouquet a huge bouquet of flowers and say you know some condolence letter on behalf of the yankee organization and i I think steinbrenner started this well about three years ago their charitable arm said why don't we just do this for any officer killed in the line of duty all over the country and so they have started sending out flowers to any officer that was killed in the line of duty. And what they found is unbelievable. Like they are getting – they didn't promote this, but the families of those officers were so shocked, were so stunned that the Yankees did this, were so baffled by it mm-hmm. that they started talking about it, and it eventually filtered into the media. When they went out, the media – there was an article recently written about a Boston Red Sox – family who's you know who had an officer in the family that was killed in the line of duty and they were like uh we don't like the yankees but we do now and yeah it's not about trying to choose sides it's the fact that a hated rival can say that that made a difference on my life that's the point go yeah. out in your marketing and tell stories and do things that help people because here's the deal like if if you become a commodity in the eyes of your customers or consumers mm-hmm. or clients, you are vulnerable and replaceable. That is a yes. fact. Yes. So why not do the things that build personal relationships and do them the right way? And you know, uh, another great example is Billy Reed, who's a designer out of New York, and my wife loves his clothing. And for her birthday this year, I gave her a big gift card. So she, Lord knows, I'm not picking out clothes. For her, so she went out and she ordered a bunch of clothes, and they they sent them. We live in Florida, and they sent them to Florida. She opens the box, and in the box is a handwritten personal note from the you know the manager of the particular store she ordered from, and it said, you know, Annie, we're so honored that you chose our clothing. Try these on. If you don't like them, send them back. We'll pay for it. And anything you ever need, just give. Here's my personal cell phone number. Give me a call. My wife will never call this woman, but my wife has said to me at least 20 times since then, I will probably shop at Billy Reed more than any store in the, for the rest of my life. Do you, wow. do you see? It's the authenticity that mm-hmm. we lack. And here's what happens. Marketing firms go, do not, do not 
you know, rock the boat. Don't be authentic. Put out generic content. Oh, hey, you know, and oh, uh, I'm gonna, I can give you a really, really good example. I have a, how much time do I have? I, yeah, I'll, I'll make it Go as ahead. fast as I can. Yeah. Basically, this company, and I talk about it a lot, but this uh, Delta Airlines has done this, and there was another company that did this. They basically they celebrate National Hispanic Awareness Month, and they usually do it by sending out a press release. In my opinion, that is gobbledygook. It's junk. It's garbage. It's pandering, and I have no problem with a company that wants to celebrate National Hispanic Heritage Month. But to put out a press release means you're patting yourself on the back. What I would have done instead in an authentic way is identified Hispanics in my company that have an amazing story. The people that came to this country that worked their way up, that put their kids through school, that put themselves through school, who've risen the ranks of the company, tell an authentic story instead of checking a box and putting out garbage gobbledygook and then patting yourself on the back. And that's yeah. what marketing agencies do. They go, hey, look, it's National Hispanic Heritage Month. We've we got to put a press release out. They yeah. all high-five each other, and the business goes, oh, wow, they did some work for us today. But they did yeah. nothing. They didn't move the needle. They didn't mm -hmm. take what your outcome is for your company and make it better. No mm -hmm. one's going to ever remember that. Mm -hmm. So why not? Delta Airlines could have put a video on everybody's screen that sits in front of their seats and told that story or had the Hispanic employee tell the story of his own life and they would have been mesmerized by it. And the consumer who hates airlines would have been like, I like that company. How yeah. often does that happen in the airline industry? It doesn't. But in politics, that's what we do. We try to tell our candidate's story authentically yeah. and we try to find alignment with the voters, alignment. Yeah. That is the key to the whole thing. Yeah. And so I'm frustrated by that part of the marketing, marketing marketplace yeah. now. We talked about baseball a little bit ago. Baseball does it right. In fact, out here, I don't know if the Nationals do this over in Washington, but uh, we're talking about you know Hispanic awareness. Uh, the Diamondbacks, a couple times a year, they will promote a, a Hispanic night at the ballpark, and they will have Los D-backs on their uniforms instead of D-backs. And so it's, it's a thing, and they're not patting themselves on the back over it, but they right. wear different uniforms for the entire game and, and they, they sell those and people want to wear those. And so it's pretty cool. How cool also would it be if they found, uh, you know, season ticket holders or with an incredible, that were Hispanic that had incredible stories or, uh, employees of the Diamondbacks and they brought them to the mound every other inning and they said this is you know I don't know uh, Jorge Garcia and he let me tell you five seconds about Jorge and what he does for his family and how he contributes to this community mm. what would the fans do wow they, that would, would be the guy cool. standing ovation yeah but Absolutely. that's what I'm talking about like go make it a connection here's here's the crazy thing Ryan Every person in the world right now has a phone in their hand, and it's three inches from their face. Uh -huh. And so every marketing agency is telling every business this, and they're saying, and they're saying, listen, you, people are on their phones. You must advertise on your phone, right? That's what they're doing. And I'm uh -huh. telling you, that's not what you do. Go in the opposite direction. Go build a personal, authentic connection with your customers, with your audience. You have to do that. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, then use your marketing to reinforce the message and the relationship that you've built. Yeah. If, my thing is you always do the outlier. 
And the outlier in this day is everybody's spending on digital platforms. Everybody's trying to get you to, con- uh, to convert. Everybody's trying to brand. Everybody's trying to jump in there. But if you've built authentic relationships with your customers, that you, your advertising will break through 10 times more. Yeah. So we got maybe two or three minutes to our, our final break. Let's talk about the importance of creating a movement in our marketing, because I think it's really fascinating. Some brands do this really, really well. So what, what comes first, branding or conversion? Well, everybody's different, but the majority of people, a majority of businesses should be conversion first, branding second. And I know this because I come from politics. And so in politics, we go out and we convert the voter. That's all we do. We work so hard to convert the voter. Then when we convert the voter, we constantly are branding our message, our pitches, our fundraising, all everything else to reinforce what we've already converted them to do. Right. So it spreads the message and it forces them to vote on election day. But yeah. so many this is one of my lies, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I don't know if you know this, but this is one of my lies in the book, which is these marketing agencies come to business owners and they go, look, we're going to need $100,000. We're going to brand you. And then, oh, it's going to be crazy. The customers are going to know who you are. And then it is going to be a windfall. So the business spends $100,000 and they get nothing. And by the way, I talked to a startup the other day who did this strategy. And it was it was a million dollars they spent on branding. Whoa. And it got them very little. But the marketing agency came back and says, now that we finished the branding campaign, let's go convert them. We've set it all up. Well, by the way, the marketing agency now gets two bites of the apple. You're out 100000 and now you're going to be out another 100000 or 250000 And how do you know if it even works? So my thing is spend a little money. Test everything you can figure out. Test it until you know what works. And then invest dollars to convert and then use that conversion to build relationships by constantly branding. Fantastic. We've got maybe a minute or so left to our final break. What is the biggest challenge that you face in your business, Philip? The biggest challenge in my business is that I have I have no debt. And I've designed my company that way. And I want to grow a lot faster than I've grown. But I refuse to be in debt. And I've built an eight-figure business in less than four years. And I still would like to be going faster. But the biggest challenge is not getting to do all the things I want to do. I, I, when I talk about going fast, I go fast. Mm. And I just wish, you know, I, I wish I could go faster. But not having debt and using my own money forces me to be innovative, successful, mm. and think about how we do things honestly in the right way. Fantastic. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this show is going. You can find the book Fire Them Now on Amazon. Is that right? That's right. Anywhere else? It, well, iTunes has, has – we've had a block for like six months. I'm told iTunes will be up to, uh, in the next week. Fantastic. We will come right back after our break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. My very special guest is Philip Stutz. His book is called Fire Them Now. We will be right back. See you on the other side. The 
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's The Do Not Disturb sign has been around as long as there have been hotels where discretion was a bitter part of value. One lecturer at Cornell University School of Hotel Administration traces the Do Not Disturb sign roots to the aristocracy of the early 20th century at grand establishments such as the Ritz in Europe. It sure is annoying when you just want to be a slug of bed and someone knocks at the door and says, Housekeeping, what's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. There are days when I wish I could wear a Do Not Disturb sign around my neck. What to call someone who wants to lay in bed all day? A scabberlatcher. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back and down the stretch we come. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Philip Stutz. His book is called Fire Them Now. And Philip, you have... Uh, an offer for our audience. It's a free marketing audit. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, in, in writing the book, um, well, you know, really we created our marketing agency and we were, we created it on two principles. It's called give and grow. Like we want to give more than we take and we have to constantly be growing. And everybody in the company has to do, has to demonstrate that uh, both in their personal lives and in the, in the, in the business. And we just think that's a good way. And then we're like, how can we translate that into work for our own clients? And so we started figuring out ways to constantly give and grow our clients in more ways than just their bottom line. But, about caring them, building personal relationships, the thing I'm actually preaching. I actually practice it. And then as I was writing the book, I go, but there's one missing piece, and that's people we don't even know. And how mm-hmm. can we help and give them? And so what we ended up doing was we created this uh, free five-minute marketing audit. If you're a business owner and you're either completely frustrated with the marketing place or you don't know where you stand or you want to figure out what's working in your business and what you can improve on, Literally, you go to philipstutz.com backslash audit, and it takes five minutes. You fill out your basically your publicly available digital footprint, and over a two-business-day period, my team will literally go through everything you have that you put in the, in the form, and they will evaluate it, and they'll come up with different ways that they think we can improve your ROI from 25 to 50%. Um, and we'll tell you what you're doing really well and what you can improve on. And then once the report is done, we will have a, a full report to send to you, a PDF report. 
and we will do a phone call consultation for all for free to walk through that report with you. Um, and if you're not there uh, and you really are still kind of curious about how all of this works, you can also go to my website and uh, you can download it's uh, the three secrets you should know before you hire or fire a marketing agency. And that's uh, philipstutz.com backslash offer. That's fantastic. I love that. So let's talk about television. You've been on a lot of television shows. There are people in the audience who are business owners. Some of them may wish they could get on television. So what is the key to a successful media appearance? Well, I've never had a publicist, uh, uh, excuse me, a TV publicist, right? Everything I've done on TV and I've made over 200 national TV appearances has been on my own work. And so what I would say is that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't start out by just jumping on uh, CNN and Anderson Cooper or ESPN, which I went on for a couple of years. I didn't that didn't just happen overnight. Like I started small and I went into local markets and found unique ways that could bring them value and pitch those ideas. And trust me, I had a hundred doors closed on me in that process. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually one network said, sure, we'll have you come on and talk about uh, you know, what you want to talk about. And I was never been so nervous in my entire life. I mean, I, 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 I don't get nervous anymore because I do this for a living now, right. but I was so nervous, but apparently it worked and they had me back the next day and then I used those two appearances, mashed it up, and then started sending them out to people saying, hey, look at this appearance, right? And then I just leveraged it. It's just constant leverage. Then I went on to basically national cable access. Like no one was watching. No one. Right. And I don't – this is not to put down those networks, but I was going on like the cable broadcasting network – excuse me, the Christian broadcasting network. Not that that's wrong. I'm just saying that they don't get a big audience, mm -hmm. but I learned a rhythm. I learned how to do it right. I learned how to speak in front of the camera and quick sound bites. I learned how to study and be different and what my unique angle was. And apparently it just worked, right? And then I leveraged that to a small network called Newsmax TV. And they had me on and literally I would Skype in from my office on national TV. It was crazy. So, mm -hmm. and then then we, we mashed the, all those clips up and we started sending them out to the networks. Well, finally... The best thing that happened was, and I would this is a good advice that just hit me. Go to the networks when it's an off period time. And so we went to Fox News over the Christmas holidays when all their regular guests are off on holiday. Mm. And we went, hey, here's this guy. You know, I go, here I am. You know, this is my demo reel and all that stuff. You can, you can have me on to talk about politics or marketing or whatever. And they said, you know, like December 26, can you come to New York and be on, you know, this Saturday night program they had? And I said, yes. And I went, okay, now I got to go buy a ticket. And, right. And, and that, that was how it all started. And then once I got on, it was game on. I mean, it was like, once you get on, they're like, good. They know you're reliable. They know you're good. You can get on anywhere. And from that, I've been on, you know, Fox business and CNN and MSNBC and Fox news. And I mean, the ESPN was the best, but those are all the ones that I've done. And, you know, then I've leveraged that into being on Gary Vaynerchuk's show and being on Adam Carolla's show and all mm -hmm. of those things, because I had this you know, I, I built up this reel and done all these appearances. So it starts small, figure out time periods where they don't have a lot of content and they're looking for it. Right. And then go pitch it out and go practice, 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 practice. 
Absolutely. So let's talk about the importance of having mentors and coaches and how that's changed your business. So such a good point. Um, it is the biggest critical factor in how I've doubled my marketing agencies every single year since we've been in business. Mm. The thing about mentors is their accountability for you. And I and every business owner, if you're a business owner and you aren't, you don't have accountability, then I just think you're not going to grow at the level you need to grow. I have many accountability partners from my, my personal life to my health to my business. In fact, I think I counted last year. I had six accountability partners who knew my business inside and out, could call out my BS, could you know uh, tell me I'm wrong, to tell me keep going in that direction because it works. Um, and all of those people that are mentors, some of them I have paid to be my mentors, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had to get leverage. And some of them I've just built – uh, because I was, you know, able to build relationships through the years with various people, and so I have a, I basically have a network of people that I don't pay, but know very much about my, a lot about my business, and then I meet with them about once a month over the phone, and we walk through issues and and what's going on and what I can improve, and then I usually have someone that I pay, because if I pay that person to be my mentor, then you better dang well believe I am going to maximize every dollar out of that person. You better believe Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to that person. You're going to believe that if that person doesn't give me a 10x return, then I'm probably doing, then I'm the one that's doing it wrong. So I think those things are massively important. Absolutely. How do you think champions view failure? Is feedback. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, failure is another is a chapter in my book. Uh, Brian, I'm telling you all these great stories, and I will tell you that in 2016, my company uh, we had we were involved in 122 uh, political races, and in, we won 92 of them. That's we amazing. failed, right? 30. We had 30 failures. But we learn from those failures, and we pick ourselves up, and we keep going. Now, if I have more failures than I have wins, then I'm not in business anymore. So, but I, I wouldn't. Everything, all of my success has come out of failure. Mm. That's amazing. What do you want your legacy to be? That I go. It's basically the fun, the two, look. The culture of my company is basically what I strive to be every day, and what I want my legacy to be, which is I I want to give more than I take, and I want to constantly grow. And that's that's really. And when I say growth, it's not bottom line. It's not business. It, it's literally as a human being. I just want to know that if I look back every year of my life, that. I'm in a much different place in a higher plane of thinking, of caring, of loving, of giving back to others, um, of being a better person in this world. And really, that's how you ensure a legacy, in my opinion. Absolutely. What is the greatest core value that you think you have in your company? Growth. Most important, growth is the most important core value. That's awesome. And, and again, I want to make sure that this is not about bottom line. Right. But when you see... Uh, if, if one of the employees at the company uh, started at a low level and you see – you put all these things in place and you give them a platform to grow, you give them a platform to succeed, to become unique and become uh, purpose-driven, and you see that person make more money and get higher on the level and then start really taking the company and doing something completely different, and then you see that employee get married and have kids – and become a great dad or become a great uh, husband or, fa- or or wife, man, 
Is that the most fulfilling thing you've ever had? Like, for me, that mm-hmm. just jazzes me up. It's just so fulfilling for me. So that's what I love. Absolutely. If you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself, Philip, what would you tell him? Oh man, I, you know, I don't know that I, I don't, I don't know. I would tell him, keep doing what you're doing. I found my success late in life. I screwed up, Brian. This is another show, right? We can talk about yeah. my health or my failures. In another show. I was not really as successful as I needed to be all up into my thirties, right? I'm in my mid forties now, but I had one of those clarity moments that changed everything. And I, t- it took me, I don't know, till 38, so 20 years after being 18 to figure that out. So, mm-hmm. And I have no regrets because I get the chance to change and grow, and I get the chance to have an incredible, fulfilling, and purpose-driven life for the rest of my life. And so my path is my path. I don't really think I needed to tell that 18-year-old anything other than just keep doing what you're doing. Life will figure it out. Fantastic. We've got only a couple of minutes until the end. So here's the question I ask everybody who inspires and motivates you. My wife is number one. Uh, she, without her love and support and, and difficulties, I mean, you know, we, 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 we like any marriage has been up and down, but without her in my life as the greatest love and accountability partner. I don't know where I'd be. Uh, so that's one, um, two would probably be the mentors that have been in my life and how grateful I am to them. And then three, I have business partners that are so amazing, unique, kind, generous, uh, dedicated that, you know, when you can find a business partner that compliments what you do, you be grateful every day of your life. And I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who've done business and had horrible experiences. And I am very lucky that I haven't had to have that. And so th- that's really the key for me. Awesome. So how can we get a hold of you? How can we try with you and vibe with you? Uh, easy enough. Uh, you can email me at uh, my initials PS that's Paul or Philip Stutz PS at Philip Um, you can go to my mark. We have two marketing agencies. The corporate agency is winbigmedia.com. And the political agency is Go Big Media, and uh, you can find me on those places as well. Fantastic. And take advantage of Philip's free marketing off- offer at uh, his audits at philipstutz.com forward slash audit. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. This has been Success Profiles Radio. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, everyone. Success Profiles Radio with your host Brian K. Wright. Each week we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply.